0: Hello everyone and welcome to and Hustle from irisportsdaily.com. I am your host Greg Flamong and we have a very special show today. We are going to have former Notre Dame quarterback and current Philadelphia Eagle on the show, Ian Book. We're going to talk to him about being a Notre Dame football player, being the Notre Dame quarterback, what it was like to prepare on a Super Bowl winning team. We're going to delve into all things, you know, college football, um, his time at Notre Dame, what it's like to be a Notre Dame student, what's the time to be a professional athlete going through COVID and all those things. So we're very excited to bring you that. But first, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, ESQ Clothing. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe this spring, ESQ has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt. Crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric, it's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch, is order wrinkle resistant and it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo shirt on every photo of Marcus Freeman, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading out for a night out. For ISD listeners only, you can get 23% off the spring football from now until the Blue Gold game using code ISDSPRING. That's ISDSPRING to get an exclusive 23% off the best shirt you'll ever wear. Check out esqclothing.com and upgrade your shirt game. All right, now let's get to Ian Book. All right, we are back with Ian Book, former Notre Dame quarterback and current philadelphia eagle super bowl runner up philadelphia eagle ian book uh thanks for coming on the show man yeah thanks for having
1: me greg it's gonna be awesome
0: so super bowl runner up all right is is it it too soon does it sting how how do you how do you feel about that right now
1: um it's definitely a bummer i mean but what a crazy game i mean i feel like that's got to be one of the the better super bowl games just back and forth but again at the end of the day just an awesome awesome opportunity um, I keep telling myself whoever got the ball last in that game was probably going to win that, that game. So it is what it is. Uh, would love to get back there to that stage. I mean, yeah. that's what we dream of when we're kids. It's the biggest stage. It was awesome. We did eight, eight days in Arizona. Um, but, you know, definitely hungry for next year trying to get back.
0: Yeah, you know, it's sometimes you get in that game and it's it's lopsided, and you feel like, oh, you know, whoever the winner was, like the Super Bowl was actually won in the conference title game because maybe like the AFC is stronger, the NFC is stronger. That wasn't the case. I mean, it was it was a really good game. You guys were really in control there for, you know, it looked like the entire first half. And unfortunately, yeah. Jalen had the fumble. That's just kind of a fluke play, right? And and those things can happen in football. Unfortunately, it happened in the Super Bowl, but. Um, you guys had a very special season, right? And I think, you know, right away, it was like the Eagles, they're good. They're going to be really good. And you got picked up by them. Um, I think it was August 31st of last year. Um, formerly of the saints and you got, and then you got picked up by the, by the Eagles. And obviously there was a, there was there in the middle of camp. So you had to catch up. And I think you mentioned in another interview during the, along the way that you had to kind of forget some of the things that you had you know, done with the saints. Cause you're changing offenses and stuff like that. But how soon did you know, like, man, these, this Eagles team, they they've really got something that the, the, the it, you guys had a special squad that year.
1: Honestly, I would say like the first week I got there, I could mm-hmm. just, um, just, just the way everything was ran um, in, in Philly is pretty special. And then I was looking around kind of watching the offensive line when I first, yeah. you know, was watching from afar and that's kind of when I was like, this is this offensive line. It was the first protection meeting I was in with them. I'm like, this is a different, these guys are special just across the board. Um, just the brotherhood that they have and the chemistry that they have playing together for so long. It was such a, such a big leader, like Kelsey, you know, mm-hmm. who's, who's been in Philly for a long time and just been one of the greats. Um, and then I was watching Jalen, like he was killing it. Yeah. And just the way that things were flowing, the, the, the receivers we had, like you can go through our depth chart, and, and you have, I imagine, and there's no weak spots. You know, it was a yeah. special, really special team that, you know, I was really fortunate to be a part of, and um, it's definitely a roster that's going to be hard to beat. You know, it's definitely, it's for got to be the best team, you know, hands down. I've been mm-hmm. on just special guys, you know, all bought into one thing. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, let's do- let's dive into uh, the quarterback room a little bit. Uh, eclectic group, right? Like Jalen Hurts. And uh, Gardner Minshew was there. I I believe he's moved on to, uh, where did he get picked up by? He's with the Colts now. Right. He got picked up by the Colts, but he was there and obviously yourself. Um, Tell me about that. I mean, it seems like you and Jalen have very similar skill sets. These very similar games. Um, So what were you able to pick up from him just watching him operate? I believe he came out a year before you did. So there was just like, he had that leg up there as far as the year goes. But I feel like it was an offense also that kind of catered to your skill set, very RPO heavy, um, a lot of zone read and that sort of thing. So tell me about, um, you know, what you picked up from Jalen and just that quarterback room uh, as a whole.
1: Yeah, it was an awesome room. Um, I would say with Jalen, it was like very early on, just uh, the confidence that he has and he shows. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome to, you've seen all his interviews and, you know, he's, he answers everything the same and, and yeah. people don't think he smiles and it's like, you know, is he, is this a show? Is he putting this on for show? And I realized over this year that's who he is. He wants to be the the best quarterback he can be. He's hungry. He wants to he wants to win championships, Super Bowls. He's trying to be the best. And uh, it was cool to be a part of that room. And um, just again, like you said, with the offense, like being in an RPO based offense, uh, really fun to watch him do that. I felt felt comfortable in it. So obviously, we did a lot of it at Notre Dame. Right. And then you know, with Gardner, like it was it was great. Got really really close with him just uh, how smart he is, He's very football savvy, he gets the ball out really, really fast, so I tried to take a little bit of both of their games, you know, that's what I tried to do in that room and learn from them, they were all very welcoming, we had, you know, we were joked around in meeting rooms, we had a good time, we all stayed late, and watched film together, mm-hmm. we did a lot of things together, so um, QB competitions daily, you know, stuff like that, Yeah, it, it might even go down to, uh, to the ping pong table, like, we were doing a lot of stuff together, you know, uh, really bonding and and um, it's just a special room. I really enjoyed being in, in that room with them.
0: So during the playoff run, your former teammate uh, Julian Love made some a little bit of waves talking about, uh, I guess Nick Sirianni. Uh, it, it's a compliment to the to the roster, right? To your point, like it was a really good roster, and you guys had a ton of talent. And I think he was, I, I don't, I don't know what he. It, maybe he just wanted to have a good time on like talk shows. Kind of funny because you TV. don't expect Julian to right exactly strike
1: up some controversy but we we all talked in like a group chat that we have with all the nd guys and we're giving him a hard time but i I understand what he was trying to say you know we have a crazy roster there's no doubt but jalen hurts is is part of that there's no question and yeah um you know he's one of he's he's the best player on our offense you know that that's how it's got to be with the quarterback so i see what he was saying probably could have worded it a little bit different but i already gave him a hard time for it so
0: well, Sirianni is a different. Uh, he's diff- He's very different from you know Brian Kelly. That's for sure. I mean, what how, how, did he? Did you click with that? Like, obviously, a different style and that sort of thing. And and Brian Johnson was your, I believe, your quarterback coach, who's now the offensive coordinator. Um, and he was you know sort of connected to the open Notre Dame job. Um, and we can talk about that in a little bit as well. But, um, just you know, how did you click with them? Like how, what the, the coaching style, like did Brian Johnson, did he have a good kind of uh you know, was he an offset towards Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, very fiery, right. I, I, as fiery as you can get on the sideline. Right. And very demonstrative. Um, it, I, I appreciated the fact that all the things that he was demonstrative about, whether it was a call or whether it was something going on, like in the game or whatever, he was right. You know, he just like, he's very, he's just a fiery guy and that's he's his just personality, Right. Um, like awesome. how did, how did you vibe off of that? Yeah.
1: I liked him a ton. feel like we really gelled well together. Yeah. Um, you know, both of those coaches, I feel like kind of, you kind of nailed it right there. Nick's obviously got a lot of passion for the game. He loves coaching. He's a smart coach. He's always working with us in the quarterback room. You know, just, we're all using the same language. Uh, he's very transparent. He, running this play because this and this is what we're looking for simple mm-hmm. this is what we want if we don't have that we're going here like he's very um it's you know, just a smart coach and then same thing with brian same thing uh but i would say a little bit more chill so it kind of offsets yeah. a little bit but it's awesome on game day to have your head coach be that fired up about something that he loves so much um you know he he's fired up he's just over over on the sideline <laughs> running around screaming and yelling and Um, if you look at what he's screaming and yelling about, like you said, most of the time he's right and he's just passionate about it. So cool to have a coach that cares. I'd rather have a coach that cares a lot than not too much. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And you gotta be winning. That's it. It it comes, it comes across different when, if uh, you're not winning games, but you guys did. So it's all good. Um, how do you, how do you improve your own game now? So I'm thinking about just, you now. is how do you. You're not, you're not getting a ton of reps in practice, like scrimmage reps. I mean, and so you're not getting that and you probably feel like I, I want to get an opportunity. I need an opportunity, but you haven't been getting the scrimmage reps to kind of, I guess, maximize it I, for, for lack of a better way to put it. Like for me, I, and, and I think a lot of athletes are like this, like everything is about preparation. You want to go into an opportunity, a game, whatever feeling you're as completely prepared as you can. And I know for you, there's, you know, there's film study and there's in your playbook and all those other things. But how do you prepare yourself for the, like, you know, and we'll get into your first start when you, you, it seems to me like you just, there was nothing you could really do to completely prepare yourself. So how even now, like, how do you, how do you go about preparing yourself? So it's like, okay, when I get an opportunity, I'm ready to go, you know, with in scrimmages and I'm making myself better and that sort of thing.
1: Right. Well, it's obviously different. I don't think many people understand, but very different from college and in, in the NFL In college, the twos and the threes are getting reps during the day. Right. Um, it's just different. We're and we're all professionals. You know, we don't have all day to practice. Um, the ones get the reps. There's you got to find the right balance for getting those guys reps without wearing them out during the week so they can yeah. feel, you know, fresh for games. And twos don't take many reps. Uh, we'll say – Luckily, in Philly, we have a very cool practice schedule where the twos do get some reps. Um, but if you're a three like I was last year, mm-hmm. I'm taking all the practice squad reps. We're um, not all of them taking half of those and uh, a few other reps throughout the week. But just staying ready, like understanding why we're doing stuff, uh, really being engaged in the meetings. Uh, I would throw on my own with with a few guys a, a couple times a week to keep my arm ready because you never know if one guy goes down you know, like last year, I had to be ready to be a play away for, for two of the weeks during the season. So it's just a different, it's more mental. You got to really stay ready and understand why we're doing things. Can't get lost. It's a long season of, of not doing, you know, the actual team live reps. And then I would say like another part of that is really making everything, um, taking everything super serious and and, and just really going for it in the preseason and in camp. You know, when you do get those reps, they matter a ton. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. You know, obviously those are like our base plays and everything's going to build every week. But if you understand mm-hmm. like fundamentally why we're running certain things in camp and you're actually getting to run them, um, I think that'll help you a lot. So just trying to uh, it's just how the league goes. It's not. Yeah, it's not like it's unfair. It is what it is. Every two and three in the league's doing but just dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. So when you do get your opportunity, that's when you want to feel as ready as you can. So then there's no looking back.
0: When you look at quarterbacks around the league who come in, you know, as first round picks or, um, you know, high draft picks or whoever, um, like Sam Darnold is an example where he was picked high. Zach Wilson's kind of going through it right now. I mean, the the jury's still out on him, so we don't really know, but I'm just, you know, the Jets are talking about bringing Aaron Rodgers, right? And that's going to put Zach Wilson in a bad spot. And so when you see guys like Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, just as two examples, who were high draft picks but have struggled, what do you think the, the main reason is why guys come in wherever they're picked? Like, what do you, why do you think it is? Like, what differentiates the guys? Like, in contrast to Jalen, right, where how does how is it that Jalen makes it and someone who maybe is as physically talented as him doesn't make it like, what's the differentiator there?
1: I feel like there's a lot and it's, it's probably a pretty heated debate that you could get into with other guys. Yeah. I don't know if there's one certain thing, but. um, I just feel like at quarterback at the, at the next level in the NFL, uh, all of your mistakes are magnified. So you yeah. might be able to get away with stuff in college and you could be a little bit late on this route and the DB is not as good, but everyone in the NFL is super good. ones to threes to practice squad players. It doesn't matter. These guys, these guys were the best players on their college team. Um, so it's just competitive. I think there's a next step mentally, obviously with, with the playbook and every play, having a check in college, I've heard of offenses that are so simple and I feel blessed that at Notre Dame, we actually were able to do some stuff and take control and, and check out of things and and flip plays certain directions because every play in the NFL, for the last two years that I've been in it, both systems I've been in, you're not running a dead play into a bad-looking defense. If it mm-hmm. doesn't look good, we're, we're checking out of it. Um, any advantage we can get, we want to. So I don't know if there's one specific thing, especially with those guys. Like, Also, you learn on the, on the fly, you know, and um, Jalen killed it this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact reason, but I also wasn't there for the first two years. But when you watch his tape, it looks like his confidence is out the roof. Um, I think he's finally had a coordinator for more than one year. Apparently, Mm. if you, I think there was something like he had a new coordinator every year for like the last five years. Yeah, finally, there's all these things opportunity, uh, timing, coaching, everything goes into one basket. I I don't think I can put one, one, um, you know, one thing on, on why people don't succeed, but also hard work too. Like, how much do you love it? Are you, are you there? You know, the first in. Last out thing are you are you doing that are you Mm -hmm. in there are you studying are you taking it to the next level um there's just a lot that goes into it i I can't i can't pick one sorry
0: no it's good i i i i wanted to ask an uh, nfl quarterback about that right because i i i just feel like it's so much of it comes down to uh knowing where to go with the ball to simplify it like if you know where the ball has to go on on a snap to snap basis that kind of leads to everything being right. Like people talk about accuracy and stuff. I feel like accuracy improves when you know where the ball's got to go, 100%. you know, because then you can set your feet and you can, you, you know, you're confident, you know, it's like, oh, this is where it's got to be. And yep. you go from there. And when you're, when you're a little confused and like you said, you know, making checks and that sort of thing. And uh, I was going to bring this up later, but you, you it was a nice little segue to it. And, you know, Notre Dame, people talk about the Notre Dame offense, specifically the Tommy Reese offense is like, it's a pro style offense, right? And I always wonder like, what do people mean when they say that? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, are they under center? Are, are they, is it because of the, the route concepts? Is it, you know, you talking about making checks on every play? How, how, what is the, you know, the Tommy Reese offense and that kind of, you know, Notre Dame is reportedly going to run the same offense with Jared Parker this year, similar concepts and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I think because they like the offense, right. It wasn't the, you know, that they didn't want Tommy Reese to leave. He left on his own. So, tell me about the offense. What, what is Notre Dame doing that say would prepare you for something, you know, like the NFL, what you're doing with the Eagles?
1: Yeah. Well, first I'll tell you, I used to always ask Tommy Reese, every coordinator I have, I like to ask him like, Hey, what, what would you say this offense is? Yeah. And I'm starting to realize as I, as I get older and keep playing football, it's hard to just say, this is a pro style offense. It's like, if you look back and watch all the film, maybe a, base structure, like we were pro-style offense because we had such good players, uh, like AKA tight ends, making yeah. it more of a pro-style. But I used to always ask Tommy, what is it? He's like, it's pro-style offense with variations. If it was yeah. just pro-style, we we would, you know, half of our playbook would be thrown out. We've got pro style, we're running the RPO, we're doing, you know, we're, there's, there's different layers to it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's, you know, maybe a long time ago, football might have been one way where it was pro style, but now it's, it's when you're adding plays weekly, they're falling into different um, offensive trees, I would say. So I have asked Tommy that question, and he said pro style with variation. So I'll take that as the answer. But I would say what Tommy's offense was to me, the best thing was, it was very, very off, uh, obvious that the offense he was going to run was catered around his best players. And I Mm. think that's what the the best coordinators do. So it was pro-style because we had Cole Komet, we had Brock Wright, we had Michael Mayer, we had the list goes on. And we were getting those guys heavily involved in the run game and in the pass game. And then it was like, oh, what else was our strong suit at Notre Dame when I was there? Our offensive line. They were unbelievable. So we could run pro-style run plays, pass plays, play action. Mm. So – it was super obvious to me when I was meeting with Tommy every day that we were running these plays to get the ball to our best players. And at Notre Dame, I would say we've had great players all over, but a big part of that was, you know, those guys with their hand in the dirt, including the tight ends. So that's kind of where I feel like his offense um, really originated from. So excited to see what he does at Alabama as well. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. He used to always tell me that that's the coordinators, you know, their offense caters to the best players. So yeah. curious to see what he does now.
0: How much of a transition was it from Chip Long to Tommy Reese?
1: Uh, I think verbiage-wise, we changed some things. We tried to keep a lot similar. I mean, a lot of uh-huh. guys were coming, coming back. Um, but, you know, obviously, I feel like RPO-wise was very heavy with Coach Long. Um, but we kept a lot of that stuff, and we and we did. Yeah. And Tommy just added in his, his uh, I would say, like, drop-back concepts. And things weren't, you know, they were different, but... We tried to keep stuff the same, and uh, I know when Tommy came and put in his offense, he wanted everything. Obviously, your your coordinator, you want your offense to be um, yours, and yeah, I feel like he tried to really make make everything make sense. You know, certain certain route concepts uh, all had the same words that fit in the same tree, and it just mm-hmm. it's stuff that really hits your brain the right way. That 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 makes football easier to learn and easier to play when you don't have to think as much.
0: Um, I. I want to move on to your, your kind of near, near, name career, but I do want to hear the story of how you came to start your first game uh, with the saints. Yeah. it. When I heard it. Okay. I've heard this before and many people haven't So, and I, you can tell it kind of a rehash, but when I heard it, I got anxiety. I, I, I could, I could not imagine having to go into that situation um, with those circumstances. And like you said before, like, you know, I'm, No complaints. It is what it is. You know, everyone had to do it. But just, if you could just go and tell us the story about how it came to be that you started your first game.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, obviously it's been a dream of mine to start an NFL game. Let's start with that. So I was, I was excited. Um, Yeah. Not the way I wanted to start one. And I plan on starting another one sometime, probably with different situations. But I mean, even with the whole COVID thing in college and in it, like no one expected to play certain games the way that we did. So yeah. It was just one of those weeks uh, came into the week um, as the third string, like I was all year um, got a text that guys weren't feeling too good. Kept getting calls. One quarterback goes down and going into the facility, talking to the other quarterback in the parking lot. He says he's going home cause he doesn't feel well. So then I started doing the math. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm the only one left. So yeah. Um it was a weird week because it was Christmas. I had my family coming in th- yeah. coming into town. We were gonna be off on Christmas Saturday. Uh Sunday would be the day before the game because Monday night was the game. Obviously fighting for a playoff spot. Like there were so many things going on. Uh we were getting these texts. Uh don't come into the facility. You know, we're counting guys. We're currently at five, then we went to eight, then we had ten, then we had twelve. And <laughs> uh, the word on the street from what I believe was at that point, if you had 25 guys out, like you have to forfeit. Yeah. And from what I know, we were at 23. So we were close and, um, it just, it's just the way that it all went down. Like, yeah, had to cancel practice. So, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to, to get a full speed practice with any of the guys. Uh, we had one walkthrough outside with masks on, um, which was nice to be able to walk through a few things. Yeah. But you know, like you've all heard and everyone that's probably, you know, tuned into the game. My first, you know, live snap with the center was that pregame. My first, uh, you know, handoff to Alvin was pregame. And my first throws to those starting receivers was pregame. So I knew what to do. Um, you know, I thought Pete Carmichael did a good job of of meeting with me a few times and they sent me home with a cowboy remote in a, in my iPad. So I could just study at home by myself. I couldn't meet with the coaches. Um, you know, we just didn't want to get anybody else sick. If I was right, sick, Yeah, you know, you couldn't to have the, yeah, you yeah, couldn't do so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, you know, for me, I was like, well, I don't want to be sick. This is it's not it's not the best opportunity, but it's a chance, you know. So I was excited. Like you said, I mean, I, I obviously went out there and thought we thought we could win, you know, no matter what. Oh, I was for sure. Convinced, convinced in my head that even after like a really shitty first half you know, what was the score? It, it, it was like, was it 10-3? Or yeah, I think so. I mean, it,
0: w- it was right there. I mean, because, you know? I mean, it was a tough situation for both teams, right? So it wasn't yeah. like, uh, it wasn't like everyone was clicking on all cylinders. And it almost sounds like it was so out of the ordinary. It, it, it's like, it's almost, I don't want to say comforting. That's not the right word, but it's like, it's disarming. Like, ah, yeah. you know, like, bizarre, it, yeah, it like bizarre, it is what yeah. it is. It definitely wasn't like that feeling of
1: like, this is regular Monday night football. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. It's kind of like, sheesh, let's see what happens tonight. Yeah. But almost like a free roll. Yeah. If but i you tell you, like time. in my, in my brain, I was convinced I was like, well, whatever. Yeah. I got no chance. I got no like other choice to, right, 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 right. What am I going to do? Pout and, you know, hope the game to be over. I was like, let's just do this. I, I got Alvin Kamara. I got these guys. I got, you know, so we are obviously missing a ton of guys. Um, But defense was playing good. It was 10 to 3 at half, I think. Um, It just didn't go our way. But honestly, awesome experience. I learned so, like, as tough as that night was for me, because I'm like, that's really my only thing right now to look back on in the NFL of of playing in a game, not counting the preseason. Like, that's not what I want to look back on. You know, that's, I want another shot. That's, that's more, you know, I just want another shot. Fair or not, I just want another chance. But, um, you know, I was convinced. I was like, "Hey, we might as well just go out there and, and do what we can do." You know, we got got no other choice. Let's try to win and get into the playoffs. It, it didn't happen, and everything it felt like the team was back to normal the following week with guys coming back. And it is what it is. But you know, I, I learned so much just by playing that one week than I did, you know, kind of watching. You know, for the last season, two seasons, when you play, like I learned, you learn a lot more. And it felt good to go out there and complete some passes, throw for throw for some yards. And, yeah. It is what it is, but I wanted to be out there. Uh, I hope to, to to get another shot. Obviously, there um, different, different circumstances, but, again, I, I will say this forever. Like, I really had a – I was trying to have a good time out there. It yeah. wasn't going – I was trying to be a leader. I was trying to do everything I did at Notre Dame, and just kind of the way it worked. So, I can't really – it happened. So
0: Yeah. Um, more jitters. This That first start uh, for the saints or, uh, your first start at North Carolina for Notre Dame in 2017. Uh, more jitters for the Saints one. Yeah. For the saints. One. <laughs> because at Notre Dame,
1: I mean, like you said, like us athletes, I feel like we're most confident because we know the work that we've put in. We know we're prepared. Yeah. Um, I felt prepared mentally just I didn't have anything to fall back on because I've never done it with these guys. Yeah. So I I knew, uh, I knew the plays, um, just haven't got to rep them with those guys, you know, in college, you know, I I was ready that North Carolina game. I felt I was ready to go. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And like I said, being a two in the league, it's different. You got to find your way to get those reps. So that's been a big part of kind of my daily routine when I'm back, you know, if I'm not getting reps, I'm going to keep some of these guys and we're going to stay after and we're going to do them. So, when I do get that chance, I'll feel, you know, ready to go.
0: I'm wondering how uh, now we're kind of switching over to your Notre Dame career. I wonder how you kind of reacted uh, to, I guess, post Wake Forest, you know, the week of, you know, going into your first home game against Stanford uh, because, you know, I think, you know, prior to Wake for the Wake Forest game in 2018, when you were named the starter, I think just to the national college football world, fairly anonymous, right? like I mean, you'd had the you'd had the bowl game in 2017 and that was great uh but it was like kind of it, it, it the season ended you know there were mm-hmm. no more games after that, so it was like it was it was a it was like one of those top sports center plays um and then you know on to the off season, right and people aren't talking about Ian Book as much. people who aren't Notre Dame fans, I should say and then you're 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 you get named the starter for Wake Forest, you go out there five touchdowns, three rushing, two passing. Right. You guys put up 50 plus on Sam Hartman, which is pretty ironic. Um, And then uh, and then you go and then you go into your first home start against Stanford, who at the time was top 10. You guys hadn't beaten since 2014. So you, you know, you arrived at Notre Dame 2016. You guys lost to Stanford, 17 lost to Stanford. You go into 2018. Stanford is a a top 10 team and it's a night game. Right. Mm. And now you Ian Book is a national name now. Right. Did you like that week? Did your whole world just kind of change? Like people are talking yeah. about like, did you feel that? Like, did you just was it a did you have like a sense of like, yeah, I'm I'm very much a part of the the college football landscape now?
1: I mean, I think naturally I felt it, but I definitely did my best to stay off of all platforms. That's kind of what I did my whole career. I tried to stay away from hearing any of that noise. Yeah, yeah, It definitely helps. Um, at Notre Dame, it's hard to not naturally hear hear everything it's a big football school and it's a national brand so that's why we were there and that's why you go to Notre Dame but I think that Wake Forest game was was pretty cool obviously to, to, to do what we did gain some more confidence for myself and then a real I think that was kind of like oh maybe it was a fluke because it was Wake Forest you know here comes Stanford what, what were they top five were they, they top were 10?
0: seven I think it was they six seven. versus seven or seven versus eight something like
1: that Yeah. so huge game night game rivalry right one of my favorite games, you know, to this, to this day. So uh, things definitely shifted, but I think it just, to me, it was like, all right, this is, you know, I would say it's like, this is my opportunity again. I'm going to do everything I can to not uh, let anyone take this from me. So that was kind of like this role that I got on, like, you know, maybe they thought the bowl game was a fluke. Maybe they thought Wake Forest was a fluke. I'm not going to let them think that Stanford was a fluke. It's kind of
0: how I was thinking of it. You have that. That's kind of a theme for you, right? Like that, like I'm. This is my opportunity. I have to get it right. And I think does that stem from, you know, you were you were not the high, you were not a you know top one hundred recruit, right? You were, you were recruited. You were uh, you originally committed to Washington State uh, to play an air raid under uh, the late yeah. Mike Leach, who just who just recently passed away. So you're going to be an air raid quarterback. Ended up at Notre Dame, and you know you showed up in 2016. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser and league Zaire are going through a quarterback battle, uh, your teammate and, um, your friend, Brandon Wimbush, who was a top 100 quarterback. Like he was, I think he was, he was a red shirt freshman at this point. Right. So he was gonna, or he, he, he was redshirting in 2016 and he was kind of assumed I'm going to be the starter in 2017. For sure. I, I mean, so you have, I mean, that's, that's yeah, kind of a theme you. Fourth, you
1: know, four string quarterback to you know, two guys being gone that were battling for a position, Deshaun yeah. and Malik, the following year. It's like, well, now you're the backup, you're a play away. So I was, again, just staying ready. Um, you know, the season could be long when you're not doing much, but it's like you got to have that end goal, you know, that it's going to come sometime, and um, you just – you don't want that opportunity. You don't get many of them, and you don't want that yeah, opportunity yeah. to be, you know, something that you always regret and look back on. So it's the same in the league, and now it's just even – you know, now the opportunities are even less. So, yeah. just trying to be ready. It's always been my thing. I always feel like, you know, a lot of people say that they're the underdog. And I, I've always felt like, you know, I feel like I don't, at Notre Dame, I felt like I was a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, just enough to motivate myself, not trying to, you know, say, you know, I'm a, like, I've always felt like there's a chip on my shoulder, especially at Notre Dame, three star. Notre Dame normally starts, you know, five stars, yeah. you know, so. This is kind of how I carried myself, but, um, you know, the stars didn't mean anything to, I've always felt like that stuff is out of control.
0: Well, once you're at Notre Dame, I mean, yeah. you're a Notre Dame football player, right? Like, yeah. You're now at... it's like
1: you came here for a reason. So <laughs> right. have fun with it. That's also something you probably heard in every interview I ever have. Like we're yeah. trying to have fun. That's why I play this game.
0: Yeah. Um, so moving on a little bit. So you, you, you obviously win that game, uh, 38, 17, I think you was through another four touchdowns, 278 uh, passing. Um, good job by you on that. And Appreciate so, you, you, yeah, so you guys you guys move on. You're on the road at Northwestern. First drive of the game. I, I believe it was a scramble play. I don't, I don't know that it was a called run, but you scramble. You get hit in the side. What what happens then?
1: Yeah. It's pretty weird now being at Notre Dame. The truth can come out for everything. Yeah, yeah, huh?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was. Was it the second drive, first or second drive? I think it forever. was the
0: first drive. I might be wrong, but it, it very early in the game. That's for sure. I'm, I'm running. Um,
1: I'm wearing a rib protector, the the Evo Shield. Got yeah. it on. There is a little gap between your backplate pad and your Evo Shield. It's like that big is how small the gap is. Yeah. And I go down, and his, the guy who's tackling me, his knee hit me right in the gap. Um, yeah. Knocked the wind out of me. I knew. I've never had the wind knocked out of me like that before. I couldn't even breathe. Um, yeah, sharp pain. I was like, man, this is this is definitely different. And then if you remember, it was fourth and one, and they were telling everybody to stay on the field. And I, if you watch the video, I'm hunched over. I can barely get a breath. Tony yeah, Jones yeah, yeah. Jr. is asking me if I'm alright. I'm telling them yes i'm fine kind of like, i'm like yes
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: and then they're like stay out stay out it's fourth and one so i'm thinking that's fine we'll run the ball well they call it double slant so i go to throw and i throw it and i'm like oh what is this so i go off to the sideline um you know, i'm just like okay i can barely get a breath but my ribs are killing me you know i feel like something i never once did i think i broke my ribs i was i just i don't know what happened yeah um well, I remember, you know, the game goes on and I'm really trying to not get hit again. You know, I didn't tell anybody on the sideline I was hurt. You know, the, I, I'm pretty sure they felt around. They couldn't obviously find broken ribs, you know, on the sideline with all my pads on. But I remember, you know, running a few more times in that game before I get tackled, I'd get down on the ground. Because I didn't want to get hit there again and have to not, you know, come out of come out of the game and not be able to play. Right. I remember getting on the phone one time. This would be funny because... Tommy Reese was screaming at me on the phone. (laughs) We had a good relationship, but he was like, why (laughs) are you? He's like, you normally don't, you know, drop down to the ground. What are you doing? You're running like a baby. Let's just say he said it like that. Yeah, a baby. And And I still didn't say anything. I'm like, all right. You know, he doesn't know that I, you know, have hurt ribs, whatever. Right. So at halftime in Northwestern, they're known for like the smallest locker room ever. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but it's so small. So we get, we all cram in there, and I go to the bathroom to go take take a piss, and I fill the toilet with blood, just all red. So the whole whole toilet was
0: at halftime.
1: Yeah. So funny okay. part here. Funny <laughs> part here is I still didn't want to tell the trainers because I thought it was a close game at half. I thought yeah yeah. If I tell was them,
0: was it 14-7? I think it was something like
1: that. Yeah. I'm like, if I tell them, they'll probably pull me out. So. <laughs> I went to the smartest guy on the team in the quarterback room. His name's Nolan Henry, Okay. and he was he was doing pre med. So I was like, maybe he knows what's going on. <laughs> so I asked him to come look at the toilet. I'm like, dude, you gotta check this out. And he was like, he was just staring at the toilet. And I'm like, so you don't know? And he's like, <laughs> he like didn't say anything. I was like, all right, no help there. So is this bad?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, because I'm like I'm hurting and I'm I blood. Like it looked yeah. like, yeah, it looked like cranberry juice. It was oh, like okay. straight, straight red. Yeah. So, um, I don't say anything. I go play the rest of the game was able to, I mean, we had an awesome drive, was able to pull it on the last play and run into yeah. the end zone. Um, just a cr- awesome, crazy game. But at the end of the game, that's the one game that we took a bus to because it's close to Notre Dame remind you it's still a two hour bus drive. So <laughs> with ribs, they don't want to give you any medicine cause they don't, you know, they don't know if you have internal bleeding in your liver or kidney or whatever you have it. So, um, you know, I had to get back on that bus and that was one of the longest, most brutal bus rides ever hitting all these bumps with, you know, what I had, I had a, you know, fractured ribs and I had a bruised kidney. That's what I ended up having. So, um, that bus ride was terrible. You know, no medicine, nothing. Yeah. I, on the bus ride back. I like, okay, I got some, like, uh, this is not normal. I could, every bump we hit, I'm an exclusion. I actually ended up standing in the back of the bus with Sam Mustafer and just telling him like, bro, I got to stand for this, for this bus ride. Yeah. We get back. Um, then we obviously go through all the tests and you know, that we end up getting an x-ray and I end up having, um, you know, cracked ribs, and then uh, internal bleeding. So I had a, a bruised kidney. So basically it hit me so hard, it hit, hit ribs, hit the kidney, I guess, and bruised them, and it ended up bleeding. So I had to miss that following week uh, yeah. against Florida, Florida State. State for the senior night. I'm pretty bummed about about that, but they basically told me, like, if you take a week off, your kidneys will heal. Uh, your ribs will will bother you probably for the rest of the season. But the, the, it's not worth... Getting hit again in the kidneys and, and having like an Andrew Luck type of situation, you know, where right? He had yeah, yeah, yeah. Full, you know, tear in his kidney or whatever he had. So, had to take that week off.
0: But, <laughs> had to take yeah. the week off. Yeah. And I like, didn't tell anybody. So, just uh, for people to remember, like, you didn't just run the ball in for a touchdown uh, at the end of the game there. You also hit Michael Young on like a 50 yard pass. Oh, yeah. Um, And so you think about, I mean, so if anyone, you know, you probably find the game on the internet, you go watch that, you're you're thinking, okay, Ian Book is, is, is peeing blood at halftime and not telling anybody. I mean, that's, that's something, man. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know all that. I thought that, I thought that part of it was kind of afterwards, like, uh, like maybe Monday, Tuesday, right. And it's like, okay, Ian Book's not going to play. Um, I didn't know it was actually during the game um that's something i mean that's football yeah. i mean I, yeah I, it is
1: I, and that's the stuff that people don't know and that's the stuff that you got to be okay with people not knowing it's kind of a cool right like for me that will always be like a story that i have with my guy all the, all the guys on the team knew but it's like yeah we try to keep our information you know in-house you yeah know? yeah we, yeah. we always talk about keeping stuff in the locker room and nobody needs to know that until now when you graduate and you can hop on podcasts <laughs> and, and tell the real version so, it was crazy i mean you don't i peed peed blood all that whole week. I felt like it wasn't going to go away and it finally did. And I guess there's, there's like, even when I would pee like clear and thought I was good, apparently you can test that and find that there's still blood, uh, like blood cells in there that are still like showing that you're bleeding. So yeah, it was a crazy process. Um, was really just trying to, you know, I was putting, there's not much you can do for broken ribs either. So for the next. Right.
0: I mean, and plus, like, you, it's your core, right? And you're throwing the ball. And mm. I mean, that, that's got to hurt every pretty, single time. What was the
1: following game? I think it was the strike uh, game in New York.
0: No, it was, uh, no, it was. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. It was. So you're right. It was New Syracuse. York. You go up to New York. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you go up to New York and we just had this plan that, you know, I'm going to shoot these ribs up hopefully numb them for a couple of games or a couple, sorry, a couple of quarters yeah. and try to get through it. But yeah, those ribs bugged me for a while. So it was crazy. Yeah, well, then really you go to USC
0: experience. and like, you had a couple like huge third down conversions where you're like running over defenders. Just trying to uh, run
1: for my life to not get <laughs> hit in the ribs again. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh man. It, 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 that must've been just very bad, like uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you have, I mean, that's the the resilience there, the toughness there. I mean, you've had several moments, you know, and I I wrote something for an article when I used to write as a blogger for uhnd.com. I wrote how you were a fighter. It's just, it's, you have a, a, an ability to, to fight back in situations, right? And and I'm thinking, and I think about the, the Virginia Tech game in 2019 where mm-hmm. you guys had just lost to Michigan, right. In, in a, in a bad way. Right. Game? Yeah. The, <laughs> it's just the crowd game. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like you're a legend for that in my mind, I, I, I really, I, I really appreciated it. Um, Cause I remember that week and I remember what it was like. And I, and I do wonder for you, right. Cause I, I think, you know, it, look at Notre Dame, it comes from the, uh, it, 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 you can't lose games at Notre Dame. Right. And if you're not winning a national title, then they want to bring in someone else who will. Right. And so you, you lost your second game of the year at Michigan the week before, and you go in, against Virginia tech, you know, you're about to go up uh, 14. Uh, you're about to go up, I think 21, 21, seven, you know, like a little bit right before the half, Jafar fumbles on the one gets returned for touchdown instead of being up 14 it's tied uh and then and then you know you you, you have a, a two-minute drive where it's like if we don't score here we're gonna lose two games in a row and we're gonna be six and three or whatever it is and and like did you feel like in that moment and and you know maybe you didn't because it's you're in the heat of the game and you're just like how are we gonna win this game but if, if was there anything in your mind that like if, it, if this doesn't work out they're gonna try to they're gonna try to bring in phil they're gonna try to bring in the backup who was a highly rated recruit right yeah was that in your mind did you have that um, in
1: in there i don't think i ever ever thought about that you know phil's a great great player nothing to do with him i'm just saying i think that's probably where you you don't want your mind to ever go as a quarterback yeah. but yeah i mean shoot it's definitely realistic i mean you don't want to lose two we played you know we played terrible against michigan up there yeah. the right it was, it was terrible and, and like we talked about earlier talk about hearing the noise we sure heard the noise for a full week you know and well, we'll we'll bounce back with Virginia Tech or whatever, and it's a close game. You know, football is hard, week yeah. in week out. You got to win every matchup. Um, you know, and the, I didn't do this to, to tell the ND fans to just like be quiet. I was just saying like everyone needs to chill out. You know, like it's okay. We 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 know yeah. we lost, just like you guys know we lost, and we're we're fighting every week to win. And um, there was no doubt that Virginia Tech. That was one of the games where I felt like there was not a doubt we were winning. It wasn't going our way. It's still a close game. And then we just, we had an awesome drive. You know, we practiced the two minute drive all the time for, for those reasons. Hit Claypool on a big in cut on the left. Yeah. You know, Fourth down. He catches it and gets the first down and kind of slides or whatever. And then we get closer and, and coach calls a, you know, a play where it could be a pass or it could be a quarterback run. And uh, they gave us a look where I was going to be able to do the quarterback run and Perfect, awesome block by the Javon McKinley over there.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: just worked out. And I think it was like it wasn't a pretty win, but not every win's gonna be a pretty win. It's about yeah. winning. And that's what we do. It's about fighting every single week and winning. And that's what we did. So that's what this was. So don't want anyone to get mad at me, but it was just like, hey.
0: Uh, it's fine. Honestly, people we are noise, unreasonable. We need,
1: y'all to, we need y'all to chill out.
0: People are people are unreasonable, <laughs> man. It, it's to, it's totally fine. And I, I thought it was cool and it's it's all good. I mean, look, you're you're in Plus, I think during games, when you're in the heat of it, the things you do during games, it's, yeah. you know, it's Remo- just, there's a lot of emotion. It's like trash talk, right? Like some guys who it's like you get in a game and you're trash talking and it's like, I don't trash talk normally, but I will in this situation because I'm, you know, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm in the game. Yeah. Um, but where does that, where does your resiliency, where does that, where does that resiliency and mental toughness come from, right? Because look, in, in 2020, you know, you, you have to. You're rooming by yourself. You can't go outside. You you know, and and especially when you know, uh, uh, you know, Drew Pine was a true freshman at that point. There's no one really behind you, right? And 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 uh, Brendan Clark was was also there, but he had a hurt knee, so he had a lot of physical problems. There's no one behind you. If you get COVID during 2020, that's a playoff team that does that. They're. Notre Dame's not going to the playoffs. If you get COVID, you got to sit there by yourself. The discipline there, the mental toughness there. Like, where does that come from? Where where did you, who, where was that instilled in you? Was it your dad? Was it your mom? Yeah. You know, who? where did that come from? I would say probably
1: grown up just with, you know, my parents and always talking about mental toughness just because of kind of my dad's career and my mom's career. Mom was a paramedic. Dad was in the army, uh, in the law enforcement, um, was on the SWAT team. I mean, he's been in some high pressure situations <laughs> more than more than we face in football is our life or death. So, you know, for me, I was just growing up and having a an older brother who's in the army now. I think maybe it's an army background thing, but really, it's like mm-hmm. we, play, we play football because it's a game. and We love it. And at the same time, it's like there's so much emotion in it. And it's it's like no matter what, I'm not going to let you know, I'm not going to give up, you know, might yeah. be a better football player than me, or something, to make a better play here or there. But that was kind of always my mentality: is like, be tough for my guys. You know, like when I get smacked or break ribs, like just get up if you can, keep going, show those guys that like you're not going to quit on them. It's kind of where it is. I, I that's kind of how I'm always thinking when I'm out there. Like, yeah, I want these guys to know that like they're working hard for me because they're they're protecting me every play. You know, I want them to know I'm not going to fold. Or you know, throw in the towel early.
0: Well, that uh, that attitude parlayed itself to the most wins in the history of a Notre Dame starting quarterback. So um, I don't know how, how do you how do you process that? You know how, what what does that mean to you? I mean it's it means a
1: lot. Uh, it's a true honor for sure. I would mm-hmm. say we had some awesome players, great coaching. Like there's so much that goes into it, but it is mm-hmm. an awesome title. I'll, I love it. I hope one day someone breaks it, you know, because I'm always rooting for Notre Dame, but it is a cool honor. Um, just the, the seasons that we had back-to-back, you know, was pretty pretty cool that we were able to have everybody buy in. That was the biggest thing, just to have everybody buy in and win that many games. And um, I think Notre Dame's on the rise, you know. I feel like it was a culture thing. Guys bought in with Coach Bayless. Like, I give him yeah. credit, you know, to the day I die. And then just the coaches, like everyone just bought in. It was like, I don't know what it's like now. I don't know what it was like before me. But when I was there, like, I feel like it, it was special. We had a special team.
0: Speaking of great coaches, Ian. Uh, on November 2021, around, uh, around Thanksgiving time. Where are you when uh, it kind of hits the ticker that Brian Kelly is looking at uh, LSU? gonna go coach lsu what do you do yeah
1: i don't i don't know where i mean november of 21 i must have been you were i mean you were playing I must right have been, so you're in yeah, season I was playing i'm in season i feel like i don't know exactly what i was doing but i'll tell you when i heard the news <laughs> um i don't know if i really wasn't like shocked like i was like uh. i either thought personally i thought he was going to retire um or I thought he might stay at Notre Dame another season, but I didn't know he'd go to LSU, but so I guess you would think I would be shocked. But then when I heard it, I was like, coach Kelly's done this in his career where wherever he goes, he wins. You got to give him that credit. Yeah. And it's like, you get this opportunity to go to LSU. Like it's going to be hard to say no to that. So I respect him for what he does. I respect him for giving me my opportunity. Um, but I don't know why I just didn't have like a shocked feeling, but, um, I thought he was going to stay at Notre Dame or retire and I still wasn't shocked. I was just kind of like,
0: it kind of works. It kind of works out. That's kind of how I felt a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're a, you are a big part of his success at Notre Dame, right? I mean that post 2016, you know, 2017. And then you, I mean, I I, I expected you to say like he gave you his shot or your shot and that's true, but also like, I mean, you paid it off. I mean, a lot of what, I mean, you're the, he went to the playoffs twice. You were starting quarterback both times. Um, won a lot of games, right? The most games that Notre Dame's ever won, uh, you know, yeah. as, a, as a starting quarterback. So, um, so you had, had a lot, lot in well there together. He helped me, I helped him. <laughs> yeah, good, it, it, it was a good little relationship. Uh, what a crazy week that was! I mean, your friend Mick Asaf was, uh, I don't know, I don't know how involved with this you were, but I mean, in terms of just like what the online situation I, was but I did some of those talks or whatever yeah I mean he was he on it. like
1: a ESPN reporter yeah I it's like, like
0: 3,000 3, people in the Twitter space and, and current players like Kyle Hamilton's yeah. coming on and it's like he's good at that stuff I'll tell you he, so he's breaking good, news I wasn't yeah. surprised at all yeah. did you feel the same about uh Tommy Reese when he went to Alabama did it was that kind of a similar feeling you had there yeah I mean I'm really close
1: with Tommy I probably talk yeah. to Tommy once every two weeks or so yeah um you know he didn't give me any like inside info that you guys didn't have, but Tommy is, you know, like a player in the NFL. He's, he's trying to move up the ranks like every other coach, you know? So I'll never, I understand the game. I understand the coaching profession and he feels like this could be a move for him, you know, a a step, you know, closer to whatever he wants to do. And that's obviously to be a head coach somewhere, college, NFL, whatever it may be. So he feels like this, he's betting on himself. I'm happy for him super happy and proud of everything he did for Notre Dame. I don't understand why people ever get mad at, you know, you know, he's leaving. He's, he feels like he's, you know, done so much for this university and this is another step in his career. So can't stay forever.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, people, you know, if, if you're not, if you're, you know how it is, if you, if you haven't won, if you have, if you perceived to have not, uh, you know, you didn't win a title. Therefore you should stay until you do. Right. And that's right. just kind of how people feel about it. Um, I'm kind of bummed personally just because I felt like this offense this year is, could be yeah it could, it could be really good. And so I, I, yeah. I kind of wish he uh-huh. had seen that through, but I mean, that's me, right. I don't, he, yeah. he, he can do what he wants. I, no one offered me a job at Alabama, so it's easy for right. for me to say, right. um, um, what do you, I guess, I guess what do you you know you mentioned before you kind of told the story about uh, Tommy and you know tough coaching and that sort of thing. How do you how do you take that right? I mean, is that and, and does that come from your you know your background too? Yeah, with your probably. parents, Right? Like, does that I mean, you know, like did they it. get on you? Like, I mean, from because for me, in my you know my generation, I got that a lot. Like the stuff yeah. with Drew Pine and Tommy Reese, that's like nothing. Yeah, you like, don't it, see it as much I, I get anymore, it all the time. Like, yeah. But-
1: I, I like it. Um, you want to play if you if you have a true relationship with that coach, which you should. I think that's always probably the healthiest. And and they're screaming at you. I mean, it's like, well, you know, after practice, we're we're friends again. Like, it's not personal, and he's really he just wants me to be the best because he knows I can be. Then what? It is what it is. Like, yeah. he's fired up because he cares. I'd rather have that than someone that doesn't talk at all. So to me, I was like. I was getting pretty used to it. Like, it's cool. He, he told me, you know, like you can be really good, you know, so I'm going to be on you. That's my job. And I'm like, it is his job. So I, I, I liked it. It kind of got me fired up, got me pissed off a lot where I was like, screw that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go do it then. And get him to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so I like it. You know, I, I can get, you know, if you're a fan and you, you, you see the, Whatever NBC, they put Tommy on there last year for yeah. screaming. It doesn't look great, but people don't know that that's been happening forever. So <laughs> it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Um. And 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 kind of one last thing before we wrap up here, I I, I did want to talk to you about um, kind of Notre Dame was in the news today. I don't know if you saw that 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 uh, Jack Swarbrick and uh, Father Jenkins they 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 wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times about NIL and stuff. And I, I feel like you must be. I don't want to say bitter, just kind of like NIL comes about kind of the year after you leave. Like, it, yeah. I feel like you would have done really well in the NIL space as a Notre Dame quarterback. It's just my hunch. Um, yeah. What do you, I guess, and I don't, I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're not involved in college football anymore. But I, I, I wonder some about, because Notre Dame is pretty famously um, – Notre Dame's pretty famously like they don't, they're not going to do this inducement stuff. They're not going to, they're not right. going to offer a, like a high school player, you know, millions of dollars. You're getting involved with collective that offers a high school player millions of dollars to come play for the university. Um, and, and a lot of people within, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans, right? Cause Notre Dame had a lot of pro, high profile recruits last year, five-star players who were committed to the university and then opted to go somewhere else. Right. Um, kind of subtext is they, they took NIL deals with other places. And so yeah. if you were a, a player on the team, let's say, you know, Ian book 2020 and NIL is a thing and Notre Dame's after a five-star quarterback and not necessarily someone that's going to replace you. Right. Cause you, at, in 2020, you're fairly, uh, pretty well established, right. You're not, you don't feel like someone's going to come in and take your job, but if it's like, Hey, you know, the rumors are this guy's getting offered $1 million and now he's coming to Notre Dame, like, would you have some questions about that? Do you think that would be a problem in the Notre Dame locker room? Like, would guys have a problem with that? Would, would they be going to the coaches and be like, hey, what's going on here?
1: And I don't know. This whole, I've thought about NIL a lot. I mean, like you said, I missed it by a year. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even, I can't even imagine it just because it was, it's so foreign to me, but, you know, obviously mm-hmm. missing it, but. I don't know if maybe some guys would be bitter. Some guys would be like, I don't care. And then some guys would probably be like, good for him. You know, it's going to be split regardless. I don't know the right way to handle NIL. I've thought about it a ton. Um, I don't know if there is a a right way how to do it. And I think it's going to take time. It's obviously in the early stages. Um, But I think me personally, like after, you know, being on this with you for an hour, you would probably realize that my reaction would be like, man, it, you know,
0: it is what it is."
1: And like at the end of the day, we're going to go in the field. We're both going to do the same thing. And if he's better than me in it, then he should be the starter. That's how it goes, you know. Yeah. The best guy plays. So, um, you know, I think it would motivate me. It'd be like, "Well, I'm going to, going to go out there and, you know, he got the money, but I want to be the starter this year." So, I don't know if there's a the right way to do it. I think about it a ton, whether it's jersey sales, whether, but. If we were in college, if I was in college again, and we were doing it, I think it'd be you know cool, fun. There's definitely cool ways to do NIL, so that'd be fun. I would be trying to get involved in those.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you look at like, I mean, you can just look at like Sam Hartman for example. Like his his IG, he's 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 doing well for himself in that space. Um, I think you would have done really well. Do you do you like just I guess uh, generally? Do you want? Would you like to see Notre Dame get into like? Maybe not like the Texas A&M, Miamis of the world, but like let's not do something. Though. Let's not well, but like let's not lose players to NIL deals. Like, where where do you stand on that?
1: If you think that there is like a, a middle ground between like being Notre Dame and staying with our tradition and our values and still doing NIL, and we find that, I'm all good for it. But part of you know, I go both ways. Like, I want these guys to get to get paid, you know, Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, it's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want Notre Dame to just like stop being what Notre Dame's always been about. We're smart enough at Notre Dame. Let's try to figure out something. I bet you there's stuff in the works right now. We don't even know about, but let's, let's figure out a way that, you know, as close as we can, let's find that middle ground. Like Notre Dame's a special place with special people. And I feel like there is a way that we can, you know, find a way to pay these guys, but also get, Good people to the program. You know, the same thing that we always preach, same thing that Swarbrick preaches. And then will that be enough to get us to the college playoff and, and win when we get there? That's, that's the loaded question. I, I don't have the answer, but I think eventually, yes, I think we could, you know, find a right way to do it and still get, you know, really great recruits um, that want to come to Notre Dame, you know, because it's Notre Dame.
0: How hard is it? when you're I guess bringing in players I mean what I guess what is the biggest hang-up that you hear with you know when when recruits would come in like what do they say I guess I don't know
1: now because NIL it could be a whole different reasons but yeah. I mean, when I was there a lot of people didn't want to go to South Bend because it was freezing or school was too hard um those were two of the reasons I heard I heard a ton but I get I bet you those
0: reasons are completely different now with NIL yeah um and one last thing before I let you go here, uh, what, what's your opinion on Marcus Freeman, the Freeman era? I, I, obviously, he was a, a year yeah. after you, but uh, what, what's your opinion there? You've been you've been around a little bit. Yeah, I've been around him a few
1: times, and uh, to be honest, he gained my respect when I was, um, you know, about to start my first game against the Dolphins. I got a text from a number that I didn't have that said, "This is Coach Freeman. Go out there and kill it tonight. Notre Dame is, wow. you know." Notre Dame is proud. So I was like, I like this guy. And then I, you know, got to meet him a few times. And um, from what I heard, there's a good buzz on campus and people are excited about what he's doing there. So I'm excited for him. He's been, he's been great to me and I hope they have a really great season.
0: Well, uh, that's great, man. I, I really appreciate that. And thank you so much again for coming on the show. I'm going to let you go. Uh, What do you got? What do you got coming up? You got, uh, got OTAs, I assume pretty up pretty soon after the draft or before the draft or when when does that all get, uh, get ramped up? Yeah. Uh,
1: I'll be down here training in, in Newport for a little bit and then I'll be heading to, uh, maybe the spring game, not quite sure yet. And then from the spring game, if I go, I'll go straight down to Philly for OTAs end
0: of April. So, all right, well, we'll see. Good luck with that. Congratulations on a great career. Thanks again for coming on. This was awesome. I, I had a really good time. And uh, we're going to be rooting for you, man. Stick Sticking with the Eagles.
1: Appreciate it. Thank right, you. Man. Thanks again.
0: Yeah. yeah, have a good one.
1: All right. Thank you.